Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are talking about Shang-Chi, all the feedback we've been getting, and uh, what uh, are my thoughts, because, you know, we had not had a Matt's Corner, and I am excited to talk about Shang-Chi. <laughs> all that right now, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, you guys talked Matthew. about Shang-Chi without me. I know you were very so busy doing work for all of us doing God's work down at Dragon Con. Yeah, I was covering <laughs> Dragon Con as a reporter for the Ooh. for the network, which was super fun. They gave us uh, press press credentials and we got to like go in. Unfortunately, because of COVID, I didn't get to actually like talk to the stars, but I'm excited to do this because next year maybe we'll get to do it again and like really get to uh dig in and like see some i don't know interview some people and stuff that'd be super cool yeah it's fun super super cool so uh thanks for carrying the carrying the torch for me last week well of course well i'm sure you have so much that you want to tell us about what you thought about this film man yeah let's see matt's corner here we go matt's corner on shang chi i loved it (laughs) uh i think it's super fun the biggest takeaway for me was the just absolutely amazing fight sequences. Yeah. Just amazing. Particularly in the first half. I I liked the stuff toward the end, but I feel like it became a little more traditional Marvel, Marvel, punchy, punchy zoom superhero stuff. And like those, (laughs) those fights on the bus and the fight on Ah. the scaffolding. Beautiful. They're just like, classic fights in my mind. Like they're Jackie Chan. Yeah. Very absolutely. Jackie Chan. And, and very, very Jackie Chan specifically, like the way he uses the, the environment, the way he's like grabbing different things from the environment and like sort of like the way Jackie Chan tends to panic at certain moments and stuff. Like, I don't know, Shang-Chi, it just had a lot of personality to the fights in the way that Jackie Chan does, like really reminded me of like a spiritual successor to like whatever rumble in the Bronx and stuff like that. Yeah. Those, those old like <laughs> Jackie Chan, when he first was breaking into the American market, like love that stuff. And this was really, 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 really freaking good. <laughs> I concur. Uh, a few things. I, you know, you guys were talking about tradition um, and how this movie is about tradition uh, and, and how like it respected tradition so much. But something I kind of took something different away. That was definitely Zoo and Jeff because when they were talking about that, I was like, I guess so. I guess because my fa- I don't have family traditions like that. Like right. Zoo really went in on his stuff. I was like, I guess that didn't stick out to me as much. So I'm super interested in what you're going to say. Well, like I think this movie honored the tradition, but what I loved about it was it found this balance. And it's there's a moment uh, toward toward the very end, and the father is so about um, Shang Chi taking over the mantle. You know, he's like, take over the mantle. You, you know, you can use the Ten Rings and like, you can be my successor and come work for me. And like, he's, he's very much kind of forcing it down his throat to be mm-hmm. his successor, which to me is often what happens in these kinds of movies. And often the result is the younger generation throwing off the like sort of chains of tradition. And I do think that this movie threaded the needle better than that. Like, I don't think that it threw it off, but there's a beautiful line from the mother right toward the end when they're, when he's fighting the dragon, I think actually there's like a flashback and he thinks about his mother telling him something. He's like, take everything that I am, everything that we are, take everything that your ancestors are, and take it with you and go be you with it. Like use us as a foundation and as like a, like use us as as the power that we give you use us as a resource 
but we're not trying to control who you are is, is like, so it sort of threaded this needle between like how non toxic tradition works. Like you pass down right. your traditions, but you're not so toxic about them that like you force them on anyone. You let you be you, you be you, but here's all this stuff we like to offer you. Here's this closet yeah. full of things that we have to give you <laughs> as your family, as your ancestors. And like, um, I thought the Chang she did a really good job of threading that needle. Um, yeah. I had a really emotional reaction to, um, this is going to get, uh, dicey. Uh, I had a really emotional reaction to, uh, the father and son dynamic of Shang-Chi, uh, with his father because my father just died, uh, in January of COVID because he didn't take it seriously. He just didn't, um, and, and since then I've been dealing with the fallout of his death and my family, my, my mom and my niece and all this stuff that like having to, uh, really pick up a lot of the slack that's kind of left this like hole in our family. And there's a moment where Shang-Chi is just, uh, fighting his father physically, but he's saying, stop, don't open this door. We need your family needs you. Like you've been, mm. you've been abandoning us for all this time. You've not been taking care of like your family and like your family needs you. Please just. You know, it's just really, really tough. Um, yeah, that was that was mm. that that hit me really hard in the theater. Um, because yeah, like I I just feel that like my my dad let COVID didn't take it seriously and let it kill him and uh, wouldn't go to the doctor and it's just like your family needs you and it's just selfish mm-hmm. as hell, you know, like <laughs> to mm-hmm. make that decision and his father mm-hmm. in the end tries to turn that turn to be with his son and, 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 and help his son in the end and like give him the rings. It seemed like, but it's just too late for him. You know, Zen, his father's gone and can't be there for his family. And so that, that hit me hard. Um, sure. As for stuff that was like really, uh, why is banner banner? (laughs) With right? no explanation, no explanation at all. Why is Banner like, Banner? Maybe he had to get some kind of surgery. Maybe I, yeah, he. I, 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 I how did he there. figure out how to like do it? And why did he look so grizzled? Like, yeah, he Does looked it, old. Well, he looked old, and I mean, it's been five years. We haven't seen him as Banner. You know, maybe Banner has aged in the time he's been inside of Hulk all that time. I don't know. Maybe using the stones took a lot more out of him than we know. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I guess it just alludes to the fact that Banner has the ability to go back and forth, which is, I don't know, that's big news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Or I think Jeff had said it, uh, maybe he had to give a certain cousin a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I heard Jeff say that. I love that theory. Mm-hmm. I love that theory, too, because like we already have Wong leaving Spider-Man No Way Home to go to... Uh, <laughs> what we're assuming is another cage fight or what if it's the same one? What if we see Wong come back a little later and abomination is with him? You know what I mean? Like that would be so much fun. I'd love it. Well, that's, well, that's another thing that I want to talk about the relationship between Wong and abomination. Like they did not seem like they were antagonists to one another at all. No, they were money buds. They're like, you know, this is what we got to do to make money fight circles. (laughs) Yeah. I freaking love it. You guys touched on that a good bit in the episode, but I just thought that was super fun. Like we'd kind of teased that like that. Yeah. Wong, you know, we know Wong's kind of poor. He can't ever buy his own sandwiches. And now like 
Doctor Strange was gone for five years and he started fighting. Like, that's so yeah. weird and fun and like seems antithetical to the ideas we have of like the, the monk on the hill who's the sorcerer supreme guardian of the universe, but he just has to go fight for money sometimes. And it's just, I don't know. It's call, it's Colleen Wing too. Like, remind me of Colleen Wing. Uh, this is how backwards the world is during all of this. What people have to do to survive. Yeah. Yeah, and how will that change Wong? Like, you know, Wong seems to have a very purist view of the world when it comes to, like, the sorcerers and, like, what they should, who they should be and how Doctor Strange should be and all this stuff. But, like, how will he change if he's sort of, like, getting to know the world from a different angle, I guess? I guess he wasn't, like, as stuck on it as Mordo was. He was a little bit more accepting of the things that were happening that the Dark, um, that the Ancient One was doing. For sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it is in his character to find somebody that he doesn't, that he can work a deal with that they're not actually fighting, but can put on a good show to make money. Cause we don't right. know if he's in there like crushing skulls. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the question. Are they actually even fighting at all? That's a good question. Cause most of the time when you have a fight like that, you both get paid. Just one of you gets paid more for winning. Well, if you're in on the team, you split. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. And I, I want to know more. It was more. cute. It was super cute. And like, we talked a lot about it from the trailer. Like, oh my gosh, what in the world? Wong and Abomination are fighting. I can't think of two different characters from two different corners of the Marvel Universe and how, why they would be in the ring together. I just can't even imagine. And then to find out not only were they in the ring together, but they're friends and they like left together. They like got in the same Uber, uh, Uber <laughs> sling ring or whatever. That's the fifth option. There's like Uber X and Uber. Waterfall Angel says Kara with long hair again. And it is funny because I did see a lot of people freaking out about her having (laughs) long hair. But it's like, yeah, like hair grows. And we use the hair to judge how long it's been. So from it to go from that short to like here would probably be about two to three years. (laughs) All right. Well, let's see. That's that's great. I would say that that's like a two to three year. I, I love it. I love that you have sort of trained, and not that nobody would have noticed it before, but like you've sort of trained the audience to look for the different hairstyles, look for the hair lengths, <laughs> and how they yeah. how they will work. It's still a decision, like it's a, it's a a costuming decision for them to decide that Carol's going to be long haired now, because clearly they mm-hmm. could have continued to cut her hair. And it short. was like it was like collarish bone. Right. So, and yeah, that, so you, from going from like a mohawk to that, you would think would take two, three, it depends on how healthy her hair is and how much, you know, vitamins she's taking, but I would say three years. <laughs> All right. Cool. I dig it. Uh, well, the main reason we're here today is to talk about the feedback that has come in, uh, which we got a substantial amount. We're going to get through as much as we can here. Uh, you want to take this first one? Sure. I got this. Okay. 084 on Patreon says, as an Asian American, I can't tell you how happy I am to have gotten to see some authentic representation on the big screen in this universe I've loved so much. Shang-Chi was exciting, funny, inspiring, and even heartbreaking. I was very impressed with how sympathetic the villain was and his villainous characteristics being psychological. Wen Wu was a bad man who found love and genuinely changed his stripes, but unfortunately he let his capacity for good depend entirely on one person. And when that one person went away, he didn't believe he could be a good man, so he wasn't. My favorite scene might have been the confrontation between him and Shang-Chi at Ying Li's shrine and then outside of it. Their words hit each other just as hard as their combat, and 
both were expertly written and choreographed. Before I ramble on too long about everything else I loved about the movie, I'll end with a question. Do you think Wang let Shang-Chi keep the Ten Rings? And do you want him to use them going forward? I know his 616 counterpart relies mainly on hand-to-hand combat, so I'd be curious to see if he uses these world-conquering weapons in the MCU and how he matches up power-wise to the other Avengers because of them. Until next time, 084. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Thank you, 084. Uh, loved all, all the stuff you're saying about how beautiful yeah. this movie is. It really is beautiful and well done. I did not know that in the 616, I guess, I guess I kind of knew that because I knew that the, like the Mandarin in comics is the one who has the 10 rings. So yeah, I don't know much about Shang-Chi. Yeah, I don't know much about Shang-Chi, but I guess I didn't even think about the fact that, yeah, these weapons aren't his primary weapon in the comics. So like, is that going to be going forward? Um, I, th- I I bet we'll see him use them again, but whatever this storyline is, they're telling with the beacon. I bet you're right. They might be taken away through the course of those events, you know? Yeah. It's very possible. That is a, yeah, it's a good point. I hope not. It, that would be very iron fisty of them to do. Yeah. Well, this, uh, let's not, let's not get too, too mean too quickly. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Don't, uh, don't you just talk bad about Danny Rand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. The thing is, my favorite parts of this movie are before he gets the rings, because I do think that it like it's a better. the The, the action sequences are just so freaking mm-hmm. good and so much fun when he doesn't have the power to fly, and I just felt scared for him at every moment of that, you know, scared for him and everyone <laughs> yeah. around him. And that's what makes a great action sequence. Is you, you really have the suspense that someone might get hurt. And yeah, I just thought that was freaking amazing. Um, so I guess I wouldn't mind if he loses them. I like the idea of having another super powered guy and I guess he wouldn't be a super powered guy without him. but who knows? Maybe he'll get some other superpowers some other way. <laughs> yeah. I'm really shallow and I really like seeing the rings in action. So I hope he gets to keep them because they were just so awesome. <laughs> And I want him to keep them and really figure out how to use them. <laughs> nice. We should put like $5 on it after, <laughs> after Shang-Chi's next main appearance. Like when we find, well, I guess when we find out what this beacon storyline is after that, whatever that storyline wraps up, will he have the rings or not? Not that I really like have a, have a stake in thinking one way or the other, but I kind of want the one way to happen. You know? I want, well, I don't think the Eternals are going to take it from them. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that, I think the beacon is. That's and that's what Jeff thinks. Jeff thinks that the beacon has something to do with Eternals. Uh, I, I think Celestials is more likely. Like, which is yeah, kind of the same thing. It might be an evil Celestial, right? Um, which the Celestials, you know, clearly are very involved in the Eternals. I do think that the Eternals are here to uh, introduce the Celestials in a way. Cause I think they might be the next big Marvel overarching story is like some Celestial is coming to do some crazy thing and, yeah. we, and we got to stop. Well, that's, them. that's what I was saying. They're ramping up all these very high powered characters to do something. Right. And I'm thinking to stop somebody <laughs> fight off a Celestial that like, I'm, I'm really interested in all those conversations about what a Celestial is and if they created the humans, like what, or how, how much they were involved in creating all these characters that we know. And I don't know. We needed to do a deep dive. Yeah. I don't know if they created humanity. They like, 
assisted silently. Yeah, something like that. They like they like split off humanity and like made Eternals and Deviants and all these other creatures. And I don't even know. And somehow the X gene is involved and all that stuff. So <laughs> so much. Yeah. We've talked about it a, a little bit in the past. We've done a done a deep dive on one of the one of the runs of the comics for uh um for the patrons if anybody wants to go check that out. Um but uh but yeah, anyway. Okay. Winston Gordon says is a patron. He says, um hello pandas. Shang Chi was so good. Uh, like so good. <laughs> Two thoughts. One, part of me wishes Aquafina was not just a person named Katie, but was actually Kate Bishop. I thought the same thing in the oh, theater. When me she, right? too, Winston. Uh, me too. I thought the same thing. Yeah, totally. I wish it too because Haley. She's going to be great. <laughs> you're not. A, you're not excited about Haley. Is it Haley okay. Steinfeld? Steinfeld. Steinfeld. I don't know any of her stuff, but the trailer. I liked her. I don't know. That's all I got so far. So I like her in the trailer. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> okay. He says, but was actually Kate Bishop, and we got her in Hawkeye. Uh, though, I'm sure Haley will be great. Mm-hmm, me too. Two, number two. <laughs> is Jaling actually going to be a villain, or just a person that does bad things? Is there a difference? Question mark. That's a great oh. question. Um, that's a question for the ages right there. Uh, oh, yeah. I think if she is a villain going forward, then she was always a villain. So how will that jive with Shang-Chi? Hmm. Hmm. I think she got really good at running the underworld, like, fight ring thing that she had going on. So I feel like she just knows kind of like how the power broker, like our, how Sharon just kind of knew how to work with what she could. And now she just has this platform pretty much handed up to her mm-hmm. and it you know what we don't know that what she's going to do from there on and out is villainous or not but uh i i, I support her <laughs> <laughs> i support her yeah i like I, her <laughs> i also support uh, i support strong women you know um i know i support her and like i think this is an interesting like question and I don't think it's one that's important necessarily. Like, the idea of villains is so passe. Like the whole thing we always say is we don't want a mustache twirly villain. Well, that's what of when you say villain, that's really what you're getting at is like, they're just the bad guy. But what I love mm-hmm. about the MCU in general is very, very few of those. They're mostly these people that just make decisions that you wouldn't agree with. And there's a reason to fight them, uh, but they're not necessarily, you know, not, understandable like you can you can see from their point of view what they're doing is is right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and in this the other thing is like he says um that it wouldn't line up with shang chi if she's the villain going forward but like or how would it line up with shang chi she didn't really make any good decisions in this one she basically just fought for her own survival in this one like she's she did make the decision to save katie and come back for shang chi she saved mm-hmm. her brother. So like she cares about her brother and cares about his brother's friend. But other than that, like most of the rest of the movie is just her sort of fighting for her own her and her friend's yeah. survival. She doesn't know the world anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. She really doesn't seem to care. She's not like out to save the world whereas Shang-Chi is there to save this village. And I do think that there that she wants to save the village too, but so does Razor Fist, but I'm pretty sure Razor Fist was a villain up until that moment, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
that guy was just trying to save his own skin. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> this is the best way to get out of this situation. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> and so they go for it. That's funny. Okay. Uh, Charles Horton on Patreon says, Shang-Chi feedback. First, I want to say I loved it. One of my top five Marvel films. Mm. I love the continuity of the guy on the bus that was filming. I thought the movie was beautiful and moving and magical. One thoughts after all the feedback I've consumed so far is how do we know the Bruce we saw is the same Bruce from the main timeline? Could the new branches caused in Loki create a new outcome from what we saw in the main MCU timeline? Unless we get another explanation of why Bruce is able to revert from Professor Hulk back to Bruce, why do we think it might have been a side effect from the multiverse? Not saying he is a variant, but I think there was a ripple effect and the main MCU timeline is no longer what it was. I hope this makes sense and I can't wait to see what the Eternals and Spider-Man bring to the MCU timeline. Also, I love you guys. 14,605 futures. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charles. I guess we can use his his arm as part of the timeline. Yeah. Like, he definitely snapped. His arm is there. He definitely snapped. So he definitely He's was Professor Hulk harness. for that moment. Yeah. So we have to be after yeah. that for him to have the thing. There, There is the possibility that they would make Shang-Chi and they would make Eternals and those could be in alternate universes. But the idea... Just, it's too much. Right. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, the idea that Charles is asserting here is that like this universe is the same as the MCU timeline, except there might be some small differences. But the idea, the, the way we understand it, at least it's from the way I understand it, is if there are small differences, it is a different universe. Like, so this could have been a branch timeline, but I don't see why they would do that. I think there are easier explanations than this being a completely different timeline. Unless we get, you know, like you said, like I said, in Eternals, we get more connections to this and there are other small differences. Like what if we're, what if we're watching the Eternals and uh, Wong zips in and says, hello, I'm here because I, I sense this energy and it's similar to this energy I'm studying. And then behind him, like Tony Stark walks in the room oh. and you're just like, what the, what is going on? It's like, Oh, and this is, and then we start going like piecing it together that this could just be a completely different universe. And now our universe is the, like, what if we watch four or five movies in a row and then realize, oh, these have all been in an alternate universe. I'd be so annoyed. I'm not going to lie. I'd be so annoyed. Yeah. I, I could see being annoyed, but also, I don't know. Like if they, if they cross it over correctly, I guess I wouldn't mind. As long as it brings me Michael Fassbender, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I knew you'd feel that way. <laughs> I'm on board. Choo choo. Or, or yeah. What about that? Like Wong walks in and he's like, yeah, he brings his cage fighting friend with him and it's Wolverine or something. <gasps> you know? uh, I would lose my mind. Yeah. Come me on, too. Wolverine. Come on, You Wolverine. see that new Wolverine video game? I definitely saw the new trailer oh for the Wolverine video game. Oh my god. I have never been so upset as when I watched the end of that trailer and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so excited. And it said 2023. I was like, no, it's so long 2020 away. 2020. Th- oh, oh, I yeah. didn't see that. Actually, do, 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 no, do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm wrong. They didn't give a date for that one, which means it's probably even further okay. away. Because 2026, probably, probably, yeah, probably 2024, because the, the, uh, the one I was thinking of that I was so upset about was the, the other trailer that dropped with the same presentation, which was the new Spider-Man trailer for the new Spider-Man video game where they're taking, I did see that it was a super fun trailer 
Uh, they've made two Spider-Man games so far. They made a Peter Parker Spider-Man game, and then they made a Miles Morales Spider-Man game. And in the Peter Parker one, Miles Morales be- gets bit and becomes the Spider-Man. And then in the second one, Ma- Peter Parker has to go on a trip, like on vacation or something. And he leaves Miles Morales sort of in charge <laughs> of yeah. the city. Aww. And so you get that. But in this one, it looks like they're going to be working together as like dual Spider-Men and it looks That's like uh, Venom is involved, and it looks oh, like good. Craven is involved too. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. That's but gonna I, be fun. I'm pretty sure that's 2023, and I was like, no, it's <laughs> gonna be so gold by then. Just drop it now. <laughs> I won't have the eyesight or the hand-eye coordination at that point to enjoy. Those I already games. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to teach my niece how to swing as Spider-Man like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> She has the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and I was like, you gotta hit it, and swing, and jump, and hit it, and swing, and jump. And she's like, I don't understand. Like, you're supposed to be younger than me. You're supposed to get this. <laughs> it's funny. It was it was a pretty funny scene. Pretty game. It's not my strong suit. Not <laughs> at all. I hit the wall, and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Alyssa's the same way. She, she always jokes about ever since they started Three Dimensions, like, she's good with, like, 2D side-scrolling, like, platformers, but then once mm-hmm. they added Three Dimensions, she just ends up in a corner every time and, like, can't figure That's, out how to yeah. a- aim the no, camera. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, man. All right. Next up, we have Mark Lavecchio on Gmail says, Hey, y'all. I found you guys during Fatwas, and I wished I'd found you sooner. I love the podcast and the chemistry you all have. The first thing I think about after a new episode of Disney Plus shows or a movie is the MCU cast that'll follow it. I wanted to run a theory by you guys. First of all, thank you. Uh, And then I wanted to run a theory by you guys that my friend mentioned to me. He thinks the phone call Sharon, the power broker, uh, made in the finale of Captain America and the Winter Soldier was Zha Ling. Ooh. Mm. Now leader of the Ten Rings. I'm not sure if the timeline lines up, but I'm pretty sure the events of both those shows happened generally around the same time. Either way, I think that would be a really sick pairing. Two massive underground criminal organizations being run together like that would be awesome. Not to mention, that would be a really interesting pairing on screen of those two characters. Anyway, just wanted to run that theory by someone, because to me, it's got pretty good evidence. Thanks for giving the great Marvel content, and keep up the good work. Peace, love, Razor Fist. (laughs) Mark. I'm with you all the way to the Razor Fist, Mark. Uh, I love this, and if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be furious. (laughs) I love it so much. Well, I like in the comics, Val started like a femme femme fatal five group. Like she had a group of women, Mm. and Sharon Carter was one of them who worked under her as kind of like. Not Black Widow Assassins, but like Black Widow Assassins. And it was an all-female group. So I would love if they were starting to put this together. Like John Walker throws a boomerang in that with his penis. But other than that, he's got... Other than that, she's ganging and she's got women lined up. Oh, 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 right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Boomerang... We can take that out. The the boomerang was a metaphor. Um, (laughs) I think it's cool. And like, I... I, I've said, uh, I, I, I was on the show, I think I may have said it on uh, the last episode of uh, What If or something, but like, I think that, that the Ten Rings will continue. I think they're heading toward the Disney Plus show. And the 
things that we have coming, like um, the Power Broker, Xiaoling, uh, Armor Wars, all of those things seem to, to me to be like underground organization working to gain power. And like, I think that it absolutely would make sense if, if those two could work together within that organization. It'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be neat. It's like a, it's like a sort of sinister six or, you know, injustice league yeah. or whatever, like a group Fem of force five. Yeah. Fem <laughs> force five. That works for me. <laughs> Yelena, you'll get Yelena in there, you know, it'd be uh, a lot of powerful women in there. Mm-hmm. Trina Carpenter on Gmail says, Hey jam, I'll try to keep this short. Can I marry Simulu and Mary Zhang, please? I mean, God damn, this is why I'm by. I need a drink anyway. <laughs> love this movie. It's in my top five Marvel favorites for sure. I love the fight scenes. They were amazing. Beautifully choreographed. The fight between Wenwu and Zhang was breathtaking and might be my new favorite M- MCU scene. Mm. Shang, please roundhouse kick me to the face, Zaddy. <laughs> LOL. Bye. <laughs> Trina. Uh, that was amazing. Trina, thank you. You're coming in hot. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I should have pre-read that. I wasn't prepared. I'm sweaty, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have no problems with it. Marry, marry whoever you like. If it's both of them, if they agree, then, you know. He's now my Z daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, Trita. <laughs> great. Agree. Uh, agreed completely. On all accounts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sean Holt on Gmail says, hey, Ashley and Matt and Jeff. Um, <laughs> In parentheses, of course. Uh, I wanted to follow up and fill you in uh, from my last email. My wife and I went and saw Shang-Chi, and we both loved it. She watched uh, nothing before going, not even the All Hell the King one-shot. Oh, this was the guy who asked us about um, what movies to watch beforehand. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But you were right uh, that that was the best strategy. Nice. Um, Yay. These movies are self-contained, so it worked out perfectly. She didn't need to see anything else. Nice. I feel happy about that. We did good. (laughs) Me too. I feel really good about that. Like, and we weren't really sure because we'd never seen this movie, but like, it seems like what they're doing right now in the MCU is they're rebuilding. So like, these are self-contained stories that are leading to more connected stories, but right now they're pretty self-contained. So I think it was a good time to jump in. It's a good jumping on point for the MCU. We give good advice here. Yeah. Right Um, in. (laughs) (laughs) Now, two days after seeing it, we watched Doctor Strange 2. Uh, She does not like how I dive deep into everything, but still. (laughs) (laughs) She is a budding MCU fan. I couldn't be happier. Uh, Thanks again for the discussion on the podcast, and and I'll keep listening. Sean Holt. That's great. Thank you, Sean. That satisfied customer. Yeah. I feel like the thing we told them to watch was Doctor Strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I there was so. only going to be one. Yeah, because it sort of introduces magic, and and it's pretty self-contained itself, so that's, yeah, Yeah, sweet. good order. Well, thanks, We Sean. did good. Yeah, we did. I'm proud of us. Right into the MCU cast, we can solve all your life problems. Yeah, exactly. We Nothing but good advice here. <laughs> From people that have perfect lives with no problems. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Oh, I I, Uh, I meant to mention at the top of the show. Can't believe I forgot to mention it. All hell the king. I yeah, we got got a lot of feedback about all hell the king. The short that was added this week to uh, 
I'm going to let you take this because I'm, it you makes were, me you infuriated. Were you were so you go ahead. I, I was yeah, not annoyed. I'm going to sit back. It. I know. I get it. But I just wanted to let people know the reason we did not cover the All Hail the Short, All Hail the King Short this last week is because we didn't know it had dropped on Disney Plus because it came out seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. So those When it of, was thoroughly discussed. <laughs> those of you who don't know, it came out. Actually, I think it was out before our show existed. Um, but... We have discussed it many times over the years. It is, it was, it was originally on the Iron Man 3 DVD. So it's been available on YouTube for a really long time. Um, but it, it is, yeah. it was not a new, it was not new content. So, uh, the reason we didn't discuss it is because it was not new content. We had seen it and discussed it many, many times. We actually did discuss it on a news episode two weeks ago because we had, were talking about how, uh, Ben Kingsley let it slip that he was in the movie and we were like, Oh, that's great from all hell. Yes, King. we did. So yeah, we have actually discussed so, it recently, but just yeah, didn't. So- yeah. Love your iTunes review. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like I'm letting you guys know about things. Check your calendars, baby. <laughs> that was a couple years ago. What is it you think we do here? We, I'm sorry. We, no, no, no. I'm we, I'm we love you. We love you. And love they gave so us a five-star review anyway, so I appreciated it. But yeah, we got a five-star review that was like, how are you guys not talking about All Hell the King? I knew about it before you guys did. I feel I'll like I'm you telling you guys information. And we were like, because it came out seven years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. We didn't, I honestly didn't know it had dropped on Disney Plus till after we recorded last week. Yeah. But, uh, it's cute of, it was smart of them to do, but we all, sure. that, that's some old stuff. And so many people apparently hadn't seen it because we got a lot of, that we were, we're picking on the person who wrote in. Yeah, uh, now we know who the noobs are from the veterans. <laughs> he had outed yourself. <laughs> But no, we, we, we definitely have talked about it many times and it is a freaking great short. I rewatched it. Hilarious. Uh, on the way to the theater, like when I was sitting in the theater with well, the parking lot and it's so freaking good. Sir Ben Kingsley, like the fact that we even got him in the MCU is it's amazing. Crazy. And the fact that he's still in the MCU and, and now living in a mystical Just village. Having a good time. Like what the heck? I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Jethan Jacob on Gmail, that's fun to say, says, I am Groot. I just watched Shang-Chi and my first reaction was awesome in the literal sense that I was in awe throughout. It gave me the same feelings when I watched Black Panther, except that this was even better. Ooh, The story was heartwarming, the visuals stunning, and the fight sequences worthy. They stayed true to the spirit of Chinese martial arts movies with the MCU twist, which I really appreciated. The story of family was just so beautiful. It is now my top five MCU movies, if not top three. All in all, five out of five. Keep feeding us bamboos, Jacob. <laughs> I love all that. I loved all that. I've heard a lot of people say that, too, that this topped um, Black Panther for them. Interesting. Interesting. I think I, I'm I love still on the... Yeah, both. I don't know. That's how I would have to watch them both back to back and then... Because uh, I love both of them. I love it's both hard, of them. Though. The fight sequences in this are I'm way so, way better. Um, love, like, I'm like a huge Tony Jaw fan. Like, I mm-hmm. love martial arts movies. Me too. Me too. Uh, and, and the fact that they're so real. Like, th- that's why I love the scaffolding scene in the bus scene because they just feel very real and visceral. I love the scenes in Black Panther and 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 Ryan Coogler directed the hell out of those fight hell sequences. So freaking good when he's like going from one floor to the other to the other doing that oneer in the casino. It's amazing. But mm-hmm. it is a little it, it doesn't feel as I don't feel as scared for the characters. It is not as visceral to me as some of the stuff in uh Shang-Chi. I agree. Just feels so real and fun. Ah, love it. 
Love it. Matthew and Ace wrote us on Facebook and said, Hey, Ashley and the gang. <laughs> Just saw Shang-Chi and uh, had to give my good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly being mind-blowing. <laughs> Uh, the good. This movie just flat out shows why Marvel outdoes DC by miles. It is all about character building over story building. Uh, they took a character I knew nothing about and made me attach to him to the point that I want to see the sequel already. And they let the plot follow him, unlike the DC having it flipped around. I still don't know the actor's name, but so, sorry, buddy. You are now typecast as Shang-Chi <laughs> until further notice. <laughs> I won't understand how Shang-Chi is, is in other movies now. Also, the hand-to-hand combat was awesome. The bad. No explanation on the rings themselves. Mm, but I think they're saving hmm. that. So, I don't know. I don't, that's, that's me talking. Sorry. Uh, I thought they were supposed to each control an element or something. Uh, but in the movie, they just seem it to be a version of the Power Stone that gave immortal life to the Mandarin. I can forgive this because the credit scene let us know they are the MacGuffin. Yes. Am I using that phrase right? Yes. MacGuffin is my favorite term ever <laughs> in movies. Dimed by Steven Spielberg and Indiana Jones because the MacGuffin is the pivotal thing that um, drives a movie forward and is an object. Yeah. And I love, I love a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> you have a MacGuffin. Know. You gotta. But as for the mo- this movie, they weren't anything special. Uh, the ugly. Ben Kingsley! (laughs) So, Ben Kingsley. I think he saved this movie for me. Hmm. I don't know much about Aquafina, but her comic relief one-liners were wearing thin and not doing much uh, for her character and starting to annoy me. But once Ben showed up, he took the role over perfectly and let her character build I loved her by the end. Also, uh, where was Doctor Strange at the credit scene? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think it says a lot that he is not there. Overall, great movie, and finally feel like we are back to normal on the MCU. Love all you all do, Matt. Sweet. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, that is interesting. It does say a lot that he's not there. Yeah. To, we've, we all, we've, a lot of talk has been had about what's going on with Doctor Strange, and does he seem off? Is something wrong? And like him not being there, maybe something is wrong. Hmm. hmm. Maybe he was looking for Wanda. Yeah, that's true. He might be on a traversal through the multiverse at that moment. This may be during Multiverse of Madness, that scene. Good point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out within the next two to three years. <laughs> <laughs> As for the, the rings, yeah, I do think in comics, each ring controls an element of the universe. Like, like, you know, it's like a wind, wire, wind water, fire, heart kind of thing. But I think. Oh, so it's like Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's ten a, is a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like ten, and I think it, I think there's like some jokes on the internet when you get into like t- when you get toward the tenth, it starts to be a little thin. Like what they're going for, like it starts to be a little silly. Um, <laughs> I, it's like no more commercials. The tenth ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more commercials without without paying Hulu the extra two dollars. Ring. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You put mustard on your sandwich or whatever. Tense like. ring is helps get you out of traffic by destroying the car in front of you. Yeah, just just one. <laughs> I car, could get though. behind that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what the tin rings. Uh, in this, it just seems like they are a weapon of you know power. But it also seems that like when Wu didn't fully understand the rings, and also like when combined with the type of martial arts they were doing in Palo, it seemed like the rings had more power than mm-hmm. when Wu was using them. It was the different intentions with the different styles of martial arts. It's really interesting. Yeah. Or like you know, I intend to conquer the world, so I'm blue. Well, I'm intending to save it, so I'm yellow. How many other colors? And right. It's interesting. And also, like, what can they unlock? What can those intentions or what can those goals unlock within the rings themselves? And, uh, and what, are, yeah, what is the purpose of the rings? What are they from? And that's, that the, there's a reason they didn't tell us more is because they're planning to not Gearing tell us. it up. Yeah. Don't forget, the MCU is just, a, it's a long Jenga game right now. Mm-hmm. We're just tucking yep. the pieces out. You get what you get with a Marvel movie. Like, sometimes you get... Sometimes people want the rest of the story. And I think they do a good job of teasing the rest of the story. But sometimes you're like, I want to know about the Ten Rings. But it's like, no, no, no. That's for later. Like, right now, you yeah. just need to know who Shang-Chi is. Who Katie is. You just see is. what we're giving you. You just yeah. take this little bit, baby. And you sh- Made we'll you some content. Um, <laughs> Daddy made you your favorite open wide. <laughs> every, we should just sing that on every episode. Make that the... Uh, Bumper at the end. (laughs) I love it. David Pavone on Gmail says, Hey, y'all. My name is David, and I stumbled across your podcast during WandaVision. Since then, we've been avid listeners and love to hear your takes on anything and everything MCU-related. That's awesome. Thanks. After coming out of Shang-Chi, my girlfriend had an amazing theory that I had to share with you guys. So in the uh, the mid-credit scenes, we learn that the rings are not of earthly or alien origin and are acting on some sort of beacon. What if the rings are actually an Eternals artifact? And that seems to line up with the possibilities that the rings were brought to Earth when the Eternals arrived. In addition, the Eternals is the next scheduled movie to be released, and this would be a nice way to connect them to what's already going on in the MCU. Love the work you all do and would love to hear your thoughts on this theory. Jeff would wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And so do I. <laughs> I think it's pretty likely. I, I think it's pretty likely this is a tie into the It's the, the same color. Mm. Like even like the beacon. Like I guess he, he, when he, okay, when he's controlling those, the rings, it is that yellowish color, but the beacon's also yellow, but the Eternals give off that yellow glow on their ship. That's true. And then, and, and like when they're making stuff in the world, when they're like doing the little, uh, shiny space magic or whatever we called it. Uh, a couple of months ago. Shiny, happy <laughs> people. Yeah, it's crazy. It does seem to, uh, it, it is that color. And so it seems, yeah, interesting. Interesting. I like it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I think we're all just with you. I don't, I don't have any better ideas. The fact that they were like, it's a, it's an older magic or whatever, an older technology. I was like, yeah, it's gotta be the uh, celestials. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know that we'll get, like, an answer to the rings and Eternals, but I think we might get more on the Celestials, and it might be the in-credit sequence we might find out, like, that's where the, be- this this technology, we see more of it, it's the Eternals, they look similar, da 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 da, da. yeah. The Wong might that's connect cool. the dots. Ooh, yeah. good point. Our I good, like it. Our good friend Matthew Fox wrote us on Gmail. From the Superhero Ethics Podcast, uh, they say, Hey friends, I would love to hear 
you talk about Talo in relation to Kunlun from Iron Fist. Um, why you got Why you got to do this to me, Matthew? Why Uh-oh. you got to do this? Uh, I'm guessing. I think you crushed that. They're not the same place. Oh no, no, I meant like uh, make, me, make me talk about Iron Fist. I'm guessing <gasps> they're not the same place, but are they similar? Are there a number of realms like this? Was this the MCU doing Iron Fist but better? Uh, love the cast and would love to hear your thoughts, Matthew. Hmm. Matthew, my good buddy, Iron Fist. Why you got to bring Iron Fist into this? They do sound like very similar um, realms. Sure, yeah. You know, it's peaceful, there's magic, there's dragons. Yeah. Um, do I think this is them doing Iron Fist but better? I feel like, no. I feel like they'll do Iron Fist better when they try to, like, redo that. Like, Iron Fist as a whole, I, like, I saw what they were trying to do. It didn't come off great, but... uh yeah. You know, it ending with Colleen having it put it in a different, like, perspective. And it's a shame that we can't go off of that. But I feel like if they feel like that they failed so bad with that Netflix thing that they wouldn't just replace a character that they got people to love. I mean, not you, Matt, but they got people to love Iron Fist. <laughs> or Colleen is, I, just the, like, knowing yeah. what it was. I mean, I, I really enjoy the show in some places. And, and I really love the character of Colleen a lot. Um, I, I think the second season has a lot of value. Um, but in general, I don't think the show was well executed. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't blame the whole Danny Rand of it all. Cause he was great in that one episode of Luke Cage where he just popped up and helped him. He was fine in that. He was great when they were using their powers together and yeah. like it all made sense. Yeah. That's what I was really enjoying. I don't mind at all. Danny Rand running around being iron fist and having fun. I, my problem with that whole show was his like motivations were always really weird and not like I just I couldn't get on his side is why I didn't yeah. like that show. I never bad writing. I never yeah I never felt like I was on his side. He, he always just felt like a whiny, petulant, um, privileged, like demanding person instead of being like whatever. I don't know. Did did just didn't didn't work for me. Um, but uh, I think that. Uh, Matthew's point here is, is, is well taken. I think like, yeah, it's kind of like they did Iron Fist, but better, but these are two separate places in comics. The, the source material, there's two separate, um, yeah, I, I think these are two separate, separate worlds completely. Actually, I don't know much about Talo in comics or even if it's a thing in comics. I'm assuming it is because the great protector I know is in comics. Mm-hmm. BBK could tell us right in BBK. Let us know. <laughs> Jeff will probably tell us next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll ask him. Yeah, sorry, we sorry. It's me, me, me and Ash are not the the the, uh, the most comics knowledgeable of the crew. We're more the she, 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 she's more than me, in, and what? that's about it. But yeah, I didn't read much about Chung Shi. Yeah, same or Talo. Yeah. I very much like to go there though. Mm-hmm. So pretty, so pretty. <laughs> I think this is they're both just kind of based on the same tropes, probably. If nothing else, they did seem very similar. Yeah. Oh, that's actually one thing I wanted to point out from some mentioning it earlier. Uh, something you see in a lot of kung fu movies is, the, especially the ones with the with the white protagonist, like the white savior protagonist trope. Um, you get like an old. Like an old wizened crazy person, the Yoda character. Like it's the it's the I forget what they call it in a like the Joseph Campbell of it all, or like the story circle way. But like you meet with like you have like an old guy that's sort of your kooky. master, yeah. And yeah. it's like it's it's the um, 
It's wax on, wax off. It's like all that stuff. It's it's the it's the old master who's a little kooky, right? And I right. thought it was interesting about this is I think that was Ben Kingsley in this. Yeah. Just knowing where to go and right. a mythical creature. Li- so that was a little bit of a problem for me that when we didn't know that a mythical creature from the land he was trying to find lived in his own house. That kind of like oh, I didn't got to me. think it necessarily that he didn't know. It's like, why would you have chicken pig there and not like torture chicken pig to take you to where you needed to go? Oh, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I think, I think it's, I thought he was in the jail because they captured him. I guess. I don't know. I, I thought they captured chicken pig. They didn't pig. explain it. Yeah, no, they didn't. Uh, I thought they captured chicken pig, if you want to call him that, and, uh, put him in the, uh, put him in the cell with, uh, Kingsley and Kingsley just like learned to talk to him because he was with him for so long. That's what mm-hmm. I, that's the way I took it. But I, you know, I'm just head cannoning. Well, I'm just saying if you had something from that land, why wouldn't you be trying to f- use that thing all the time to take you back? Well, if it, he may have underestimated it, if that makes sense, like if he couldn't communicate with it, like uh, Trevor learns to, then he mm-hmm. may have never learned to Which be like, they don't explain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a Groot thing. I'm guessing like a magical connection that over time he forges and can understand <laughs> him. Oh man. Uh, okay. We only got a couple more things. Let me see here. We have two. We're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Let's do go this ahead. last two. You, you want to get this one? Or you got this. Uh, I can't remember who did it last. Um, I can get this one. Uh, Todd okay. Shepard on Gmail says, dear Ashley and company. <laughs> hey guys. First time writer. <laughs> hey guys. Love the podcast. My name is Todd. And first time, uh, but not really that much of a long-time listener. Anyways, uh, I came across the show during WandaVision after a friend recommended you guys. Uh, shout out to Brandon Beck. Well, hey, Brandon. Oh, okay. That's how he knew how to address the email properly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> and have been an avid listener ever since. Uh, my question Fabulous. is, did we just see our first mutant in the MCU during Shang-Chi? Uh, at the fight club in one of the lower fighting cells, one of the fighters was glowing orange. Uh, thoughts. Uh, just keep doing what you guys are doing. Actually, I know the guy you're talking about. I thought it was extremist. Yeah. Hmm. Did you not think that was extremist? What did you I think? don't know. I don't really think I paid attention to it too much. I just saw a guy with glowy arms. Yeah. That's a good point. I thought he was, ex- I thought it was extremist. And there's, a, there's a number of people in those fight, fighting rooms that look like they have some sort of abilities. Um, I thought I even maybe seen a scroll in there, maybe. It's been, it's been a few days. That would make it. a lot of sense. Yeah. A scroll, yeah. Oh, I hope so. I mean, it'll, it's time. It is time. I would not be surprised if they had thrown a X-Men or a mutants Easter egg in that room, but I don't think that was it. I thought that was an extremist Easter egg. Mm, Especially since cool. apparently this, uh, whoever wrote this movie has an affection for Iron Man 3. Ah, uh, that's, uh, that's as they should, so- right, Ashley? As they should. As they should. Oh, that was so good. Oh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I trust Feige to bring them in when it's time yeah, in the right too. way. Me too. And I don't know if the right way is like small things like that or a big, like, it kind of depends on what they're going to do. Are they going to be from another universe or are they going to be in this one? Yeah. Breadcrumb, leaving little breadcrumbs all over is a good way to do it. Um, if you're going to have them be in our universe, if not, you can kind of do anything you want right. to do. And the truth is it doesn't matter as long as you make their characters right. Yeah. 
you know? Make them right. Take all the time you need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Don't rush it. Take the time you need. Make the characters, deep characters that we can, like, connect with, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll Mm. be fine, Feige. We have your back. But just be careful with how you make Galactus. Oh, my God. Because you know that's what we're building up for. Like, everything is just this build-up, I feel like, for Galactus. I really do. I really do. I'll hit this last one. Let's see. Jonathan Kim on Gmail says, MCU cast team. This movie was amazing. Shang-Chi was a great origin story and a great entry into Phase 4 and just making the audience wanting more MCU at the end. I love how Marvel did an amazing job on the attention to detail. The CGI, the fight choreography, and tie-ins into the culture. They definitely portrayed the Asian culture uh, correctly instead of bunch of stereotypes, Asian jokes, uh, first thing, I noticed was use of the language. Uh, they used it whenever possible, but the change in the use of the language through generation, they got it right. Uh, you can see it within Katie's family. Uh, the grandma spoke Mandarin. Uh, mother spoke Mandarin, but also spoke English so the kids can understand. And Katie and her brother spoke English and understood the language, but had a hard time following at times. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, technically an immigrant, shows respect and spoke to the elders in Mandarin and with respect until they started to speak in English, and then he switched over. Another thing I noticed was the fight choreography. Uh, It had the Jackie Chan film feel to it, as well as some of the Crouching Tiger touch to it as well. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. Also, the movie dedicated the movie to Brad Alon, uh, who is supervising stunt coordinator and his influence is shown in the movie. He was part of Jackie Chan's stunt team and he choreographed numerous amazing fight scenes in various movies such as Kingsman films, Scott Pilgrim, Wonder Woman, and Kick-Ass. There are more cultural ties like the mythical creatures and such, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, can't wait to listen to everyone's feedback and discuss more on this amazing film. Love you 3000, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. That was good feedback. Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's neat, neat to hear people talk about sort of the immigrant story and how they got that right. And, I, I, you know, just the sort of subtleties of the different, you know, when a lesser writer writes a movie, they write every character sounding like themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Like you could see how a person writing this story be like, I am from this culture and I'm going to write these characters. And then all the characters kind of have the same mix of Mandarin and English that they like, you know, go back and forth uh, themselves. But like the writer and director was thoughtful about making sure the characters were more like a grandmother would be and more like a mother would be. And that's really cool. Yeah. It was great. Five stars all around. Good job, Marvel. <laughs> Good job, Marvel. I'm surprised we hadn't mentioned Crouching Tiger before now because the, the fighting style that went on in Kunlun was much more Crouching Tiger um, from a... Tallo. Oh, gosh. Yep. There I go. Uh, Matthew was right. Uh, but no, um, Talo, the fighting that happened in Talo was much more similar to the crouching tiger style, at least in the way it was filmed uh, and the, the sort of stunt, the wire usage and stuff. I feel like this movie gave um, accolades to 
Kung Fu and all the movies that came before them that really laid the bricks to having this movie be made because like everybody loved Jackie Chan movies and everybody's seen them. And then Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon won the Oscar. Like that movie came out of nowhere and everybody loved it. And then you have movies that follow that like Hero and tons of other movies. And it was just really nice to see them playing homage, you know, or it was nice to see them showing homage to the movies that came before and the styles that mm-hmm. um, really made um, film scene for the, you know, Asian uh, actors and people who really deserve to be spotlighted for their, like what they can do. And it, it was nice to just see all of that in there because a lot of us just love those movies. And I don't think that they get as much appreciation as they should. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's the highest form of fight choreography, I think. People really need to open up um, their minds and start watching movies with subtitles because it will really open your world to a completely different universe of amazing movies that you might never have thought to watch mm. because you were worried about the subtitles. Like, don't worry about it. Just but, watch the movies. But Ashley, you saw how bad of a reader I am. It's okay. (laughs) I think you did great. We're all getting better. I'm just teasing. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Like, uh, Jeff has always been our reader, and sometimes when he's not here, me and Ash pick up the slack, and so we're like, all right, we're learning to read out loud. I just never, I've never read out loud in my life for any reason, and the few times I've had to have been very embarrassing. Um, No, we crushed it tonight. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. Um, All right, well, that's it, I guess. We We did good. (laughs) <laughs> I you you did great. Thank you so much. Thank um, you so much. I am super uh, excited to talk to you guys this week. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back with our what if episode. Uh, actually, this will probably come out after that because this week's uh, feed is packed as hail. Busy, um, busy week, busy, and I love it. Busy week. Uh, well, we'll, but we'll be back soon. If you want to, uh, a couple things, uh, patreon.com slash MCU cast, if you want to support the show. And if you want to support the whole network, one of the best ways you can do that right now is go to strandedpanda.com slash contest. We're doing a thing where if you give a five star review to any of this, uh, eligible stranded panda shows, uh, you get a, uh, you are entered in to win a, um, Oculus Quest 2 or a Nintendo Switch. So just go give, there's nine, nine shows. Just go give them all so five star reviews. And if you, you know, you don't know the show, you can just be like, I love the Stranded Panda Network and I want to hear more from these guys. That's Every all you review say. is another entry. That's right. So, so you get nine entries. And like, uh, I, I was like, I think I said it on another episode, but like, there were only like a hundred when I looked last. So like, it's just like really good odds for a free entry to a yeah. contest. So like, go, may the go odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. All right. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. <laughs>